Well, everyone, welcome to Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. Mr. Chad Austin and Mr. Chad Austin's cat. Yeah, Chad and Fatty. Chad and Fatty. Fatty's going to lend a little extra commentary this week on the show. And this week, when we get to it, we're going to discuss the episode of ECW from March the 12th, 1996. Uh, but before we do that, for those of you that may not listen to our other show, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, every year we have a little thing that we do on the We Can't Wrestle podcast is our own Hall of Fame. And it's my favorite thing to do every year because I'm a nerd. I have a big, long ballot process that I make all these guys go through that vote. Yeah, and, you do. <laughs> and uh, if you want to hear the details of it, you can go listen to it on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. But I figured here, since I'm going to post it on our Facebook group tonight anyway, maybe I'd run down with Aaron and Chad who the 2023 class of the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame is. Who got in this year? There's one There's one glaring omission and one that I don't think should have made it yet. But we'll start oh, here. Now you're making me dig to my book. <laughs> we'll start here. The first inductee this year. I think deserving of an induction into any wrestling hall of fame is Nick Bockwinkle. He's on my list. Yeah. That I know for sure without even looking. I can't even find it, but I know he's on my list. I mean, when you think about the AWA, you think he does. about <laughs> well, when you do, on the, in the, <laughs> once in a while, when you happen to, the three guys you think of are Vern Gagne, Mad Dog Bashan, and Nick Bockwinkle. Ray Stevens. All right. I guess I think of Ray Stevens more California, but yeah, I definitely got I definitely got uh Bachwinkle. He actually he's number two on my list that I wrote down for this year. I, I got a bunch of guys that like my class is brutal and I can't believe that they're not in. Like, there's only like one one name on my list that I can go, I can see where he wasn't in, you know, but I mean, but everybody else I'm like they should have been already been go to's. The one other of, one. Uh, oh, sorry. I was no, I was going to say, um, I think only one of my suggestions, like my like how you say Nate, like give us your Nomination. eight guys that you want. Yeah, like of the eight guys that I wanted to be included, um, only one of them got in. But of the eight guys that were on the ballot. I got four and Nick was one of them. The next one is Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody now in the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. Again, how the hell is he not already in? Well, I think since we're, what, four years, this is the fourth year. I think that first year you, you were knocking off names like Hogan and Austin and Flair, you know, guys that are just I guess alley-oops. Yeah, gimmies that they're going to be in. So as you work through, now as the years go on, you're getting down to the nuts and bolts of things, you know. And Brody, yeah, because I, I took my notebook there. with me over to the bar when I was when you were telling me about this. And I, my buddy came in from out of town, and we sat over at the bar, and he's not a wrestling fan, so we were sitting there like eating and drinking and stuff. And I'm writing down names, and I figure like I'm going to text him all these names, and he'll be like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and only one name came back out of my whole entire list that you told me it wasn't in. I mean, that was already in. Mm-hmm. But, but I got, already... I mean, I, I got, I got all the staples, man. Like, like DiBiase, Sheep, Brody, Midnight's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, guys that you already figured were already going to be in. Um. Brody definitely deserves an induction. I mean, I guess I guess the 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 biggest thing with him maybe is because we do have some younger people on our panel. Maybe they just don't know know, know enough about him. You know, I mean, I don't know. They, but. they shouldn't be on the panel then. <laughs> who the fuck don't know who Bruce Brody is in pro wrestling? They don't the have next, a voice. The, the next guy got in was a guy that I've been voting for every year since we started this thing four years ago. Finally got in, definitely deserved it, deserved it for well, maybe three years ago, and it's Stu Hart. 
Yep, he's on my list. He was on mine too, and um, I'm, I'm not saying I was the only guy to put him up for induction the first year, but he's been on my list and been a guy that I've been trying to get in since the beginning. I mean, look at all the fucking, look at all the fucking names that he trained. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like even if it isn't necessarily right off the bat trained him, but like had his hands on him and, and taught him how to fucking actually work. Like this like, fucking I, guy. I, like I, I, for me, Stu was a mercy put just to get him out of the way. <laughs> so we can talk about him now. I think I talk about him like a couple of you know, shows from now, a couple of years from now. Get him out of the fucking that, way. And I was thinking about with like, like I was thinking about recently with the Iron Claw movie being so successful. They should do like a heart movie. I'm like, oh, I need to sit back and write down all the heart people and figure out who's going to play them in the I, I'm major not even motion sure the picture. Heart people can fucking tell you who's all the heart people. <laughs> yeah. be, I want. Like, I want a, I want a major motion. In. I'm a heart. I want a major motion. I want a major motion picture made of the Hart family called like uh, yeah, big rhino. It's rated. It's rated yeah. R for rhino. <laughs> or uh, wrestling with shadows. <laughs> well, too bad he's not still alive because you could have Brian Dennehy play old stew. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like, old stew. <laughs> like beef stew. <laughs> he should have went by that. Beef stew. He could have teamed with Beef Wellington. Yeah. Um, the next guy that got in this year, the Junkyard Dog. He, not on my list, but, you know, he's somebody that I could definitely see in a year or two from now. If he wasn't already in, then I, I'd send it to you and you'd be like, no, nah, he's not in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I had nominated him, not nominated him for the ballot a couple of years ago, thinking it might take him a few years to get in. Because basically, my nomination for him ever qualifying as a Hall of Famer is what three years in New Orleans or three years in Mid South, I guess. I I think it's two years. Eighty-two. Well, yeah, eighty-two through eighty-four. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's two. Yeah, and it's more. It's more like. Um, I mean the big yeah, it's more like eighty one to eighty three was like the big run, mm-hmm. and then he would go to then he would go to like Georgia for a little while, and then he would come back to you know Bill Watts, and then that's when it that's when he started like finding out about you know the other side of the business and going to New York, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's when he started running into people that had been to New York, and we we're like you need to come up here, dog. <laughs> Craft's way better. <laughs> so do you guys um do you guys have your um lists in front of you? Like who you yeah. suggested? Who I suggested or who I voted for on the final ballot? Both. For those for those of you that want for those of you that want to know uh the whole process of this, you can listen to the We Can't Wrestle podcast for it because I Well, I know that. I'm just saying like it'd be a uh, this isn't a Hall of Fame episode, so that's all right. For for people that um that were on the final 30 person ballot that I voted for. Well no, I was just gonna it would be interesting to like go through the class and then I then I was just gonna say let's go through the class of who got inducted and then like hear your suggestions, Chad's suggestions, and then whatever but it might make the show too long i don't know so are you saying is ecw showing that great it's not it wasn't it wasn't going to take us a lot of time to talk about it the next inductee it was definitely different than last week's yeah it was definitely different than last week um the next inductee into the hall of fame this year is the original chic ed farhat um yeah i mean he's on impact on the business yeah, we all actually, around. He fits every demographic. Without him and Terry Funk, is there even an ECW for us to talk about? I mean, who knows? But there wouldn't be 
I mean, there wouldn't be a lot of things. You know what I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. saying that ECW would have never existed, but it probably, it probably would have never existed in its form that it is now or was. It may have been we different. Had that, we wouldn't have Sabu and RVD. We don't know that. At least not in the um, incarnations that they were. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for Terry Funk and the Sheik, I mean, yeah. Like, they they laid the groundwork for getting them guys in. But, I'm, I mean, there's no telling who, you know, who could have who not have been here. You know, needless to say whether the Sheik was here or not. Especially in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I got, I got like, um, I mean, the only, like, the only two oddballs that I got, and when we already talked about Stu, was I had Ricky Dozen too, and so did I, just and, to get him out of the way. Well, so the next guy that got in was Gorilla Monsoon. No, never even thought of him. Um, and. Then after Gorilla Monsoon, Ted DiBiase got in this year. Of course, man. And I'm sure that I'm sure that most of the people that were voting, I don't know what what incarnation of D. I mean, for all of his incarnations, he was great. You know, I mean, yeah, you could have said Ted DiBiase for me. Black Glove, you know, million dollar, whatever. You could have told me anything. You know, heel, baby face. Yeah, Deviasi's Deviasi. He's definitely he's definitely probably in my definitely in my top. If he's not in my top five, he's definitely in my top seven of like best workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, worker workers. Yeah, he's that good. He's one. He's one of the only guys I've ever seen I ever saw have a really good match with the Ultimate Warrior. There's the litmus test. If you had a really good match with the Ultimate Warrior, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Like that's the proverbial working a broomstick, right there. Yes, the only three guys I ever saw get a good match out of the Warrior were DiBiase, Rick Rude, and Hulk Hogan. That's it. Every other match, Macho Man, Macho Man, Savage did. Savage did. You're right. So what? Savage just bumped for himself for a bunch bunch of minutes. Yeah, pretty much. The the Hogan, the Hogan Warrior stuff. It wasn't really even a great match. It was that was more spectacle. Yeah, it was spectacle. You're right. Yeah, atmosphere, like that kind of thing. That's like mm-hmm. that's like trying to say like Hogan and Andre was it actually a great wrestling match. It wasn't a great fucking wrestling match. It was a great fucking story. Yeah, you know? dude. I mean, I I hear people make that argument all the time about how that is like one of the greatest matches of all time. And I'm like, you know, let's talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what do you mean? You know, and in what sense, you know? I mean, if, if you if you can if you can explain it to me like the the way we know it, then yeah, I'll agree. But if you like just say, that's "Oh, a, that's a great match," no, it was not. It was a great build. It was a great story. Definitely a Hogan great story. Warrior. Hogan Warrior sucks as a match, but as a story, it's fantastic. Yeah, pretty much Hogan against everybody sucked. It all depended on the story. <laughs> And the last guy that got into the Hall of Fame for the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame this year is the one that I call Balderdash on. Because Chad and I both, we were talking about it last week. We have both, for the whole time we've been doing this fucking Hall of Fame, trying to get Ricky Dozon into this thing because of the... Without Ricky Dozon, there's no Japanese wrestling. But anyway, um, so Ricky Dozon did not get in this year again. Yeah, so he moves on to the fifth year on the ballot. And if he doesn't get in next year, he falls off the ballot and has to go... Back through the nominating process. Good luck. Poor Ricky stabbed at a karaoke show. (laughs) He's like the he's like the godfather of Japanese wrestling because he was wrestling in black and white. Yeah. (laughs) Against Blassie. He was Ricky Dozon. Ricky Dozon versus Fred Blassie is literally the reason half the population of Japan bought television sets because they wanted to watch those and died. Died. People died because they had heart attacks watching Fred Blassie fucking carve up Empire or whatever and was like biting Ricky Dozan and they, they fucking had heart attacks and died watching <laughs> that. Yeah, I gotta I, I gotta go back and do the facts on that shit. 
I don't know about all that. But it's definitely, to me, and we'll get into it in our Hall of Fame episodes on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, but it's definitely me a crime that he's not in yet. But the guy that did get in, that got in, mind you, before Ricky Dozon, so this is why I'm like, bullshit, is Sting. Uh, well, he's one of them sexy picks, pretty much. Yeah. I... I don't. I. I know. I'm not gonna say that down the line someday, one day that he shouldn't have got into a Hall of Fame. There's just so many people that I think are Hall of Famers that are on this ballot before Sting should get into it. Well, I mean, like every every year, man, you got to think every year is going to get harder and harder. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if we're only in like third or fourth year in, and I'm texting you guys names to see if they're already in. You know, it's gonna make you. It's gonna make you start thinking deeper and deeper, and you know, outside the box. And that's gonna that's gonna be difficult after a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way, and, the way we're I, saying I, is, is, we still got time to put some some. I, you know, okay. I agree with you guys that that Sting shouldn't be in yet, and I'm not even gonna say that I'm not a like a Sting fan. I'm fucking forty years old. So, when I was a kid in, like, 1990 through, like, 99, like, Surfer Sting was cool as shit, you know? And I loved him better than the Ultimate Warrior. And, and like, here's I'm not saying he was the greatest in-ring worker in the world, but he excited me. And, and I enjoyed watching him and everything, but I don't think he should be in before a Ricky Dozon or... A couple of the people that are like Bob Backlund's not in yet. Why is staying in before Bob Backlund? Um, I didn't think of him. I want to. I want to give my thoughts on Sting real quick because here's why I here's my objections to Sting. And I know what you're saying, Aaron. As a kid, yeah, it it was you know he was flashy and caught your attention. And so here's my here's my couple of things about Sting. First. Other than the time that he spent a year and a half where he didn't wrestle, he was never a really big draw. So the biggest could, draw, the biggest draw he ever had was when he wasn't wrestling. Because he mean? didn't, he didn't hit well when Flair left WCW and Luger left WCW. Everybody left WCW, and Sting was there to carry the ball. He didn't move the needle. He didn't move the needle in ratings. He didn't move the needle they, in attendance. The, uh, and can, also, can. also, now hold on, I'll finish, and then you can say whatever you want to say. Also, okay, so he was never a really good draw. Also, in all of the great feuds he ever had, it's always the, the bigger star and Sting. Flair and Sting. Hogan and Sting. He never came up to the level of those guys, in my opinion. He was always the, the also ran. He was always, and not even that he wasn't good, but he was just there. Yeah, I was never a Sting fan. The only argument I put on that is that, like, I think that a lot of his, like, where you were saying it, where he wasn't a big drawl or whatever, it was he wasn't in the right place. Like, in 91. Yeah, whatever. if he would have went and worked for Vince, he would have been a fucking monster. Yeah, can you necessarily blame that on Sting? Like, maybe no, that's what I'm saying. It, like, a lot of it you can put on Sting, but you can't put it all on Sting when the whole company as a whole is not drawn. Yeah, like, like if he would have been in a better environment and had better people behind him, he would have been a fucking monster. And I'm not disagreeing. But, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm just going by the the criteria of the Hall of Fame. I wasn't trying yeah, to shit and, on him. I, I'm sorry. I yeah, wasn't and I'm not. To, I'm not like I was shitting on him, but and I'm not disagreeing with you either. But like, I'm just saying that I agree with you guys on the criteria of the Hall of Fame. I don't think he should be in before some of the people that I had on my list and. Like I said, I I I know this isn't a Hall of Fame show, so I didn't want to like get into my suggestions and the people I picked off the list, unless you guys wanted to go over yours. No, I'm good, man. This show this show was to me was had enough meat on the bone to do an hour. 
I don't. Yeah, we can dig into the other stuff when we do. We'll do a Hall of Fame episode for We Can't Wrestle in a, a week or so. And... Okay, well, I'll throw this that. notebook. All right, now I gotta find my notes for that fucking shit. <laughs> I gotta find yeah, if you, all these blank pages. If you're listening to this show and you don't listen to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, go find it anywhere you're listening to this show. It's everywhere that a podcast can be. And uh, we have Hall of Fame episodes going back to when we started it in 2020. You can hear um, actually the la- latest episode, I think, of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I ran down our ballot and the criteria and everything. If you want to get the information, of the complicated bullshit I put these guys through to do this silly little Hall of Fame. Go listen to the Weekend Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. And also, if you want to listen to my baby, um, listen to the Hall of Shame Podcast. <laughs> the Hall of Shame? Yeah. That comes I know nothing about theme. the Hall of Shame. What are you speaking about? I think we. I think Hall of Shame comes up in June. There's a lot more people... It? No, it's been existing for years. I think it's. Well, why I think it, it's why are you tagging of, it or anything? Do you want to be in the Hall of Shame? You put people oh, in the Hall course. of Shame. Of course, I'm. I'm full you of shame. Pe- You've inducted people into the Hall of Shame. Really? <laughs> oh. Sorry, got a lot going on. I'm looking for my notes for the show. Yes, the show that we are reviewing here this week, March 12th, 1996, episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Of course, the version that we all watched was probably on the Peacock. Um, We get an intro from Joey Styles. He's in the ring. They're in Queens, New York for this show. Um, They show Brian Pillman outside the ring in the crowd. At least he's got his clothes on this week. Yeah, no other couch. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think he would be in, a, in the nude in that arena anyway. You could probably just get syphilis just by sitting on the chair. So, um, but Joey intros Shane, intros Shane Douglas to come out for an interview. And I mean, Shane Douglas does some cheap heat shit. Shawn Michaels can kiss my ass. Um, but that's gonna get that's gonna get good heat from the ECW crowd anyway. He talks about uh, his title match coming up, and then he addresses Pillman outside the ring. And uh, as they go to have a confrontation, Brian Pillman pulls a kid in front of him, which I thought was fun. That was a fun heel deal. That was his nephew. Well, you don't think he just grabbed some random kid. Did they say it was his nephew on the show? No, Pillman did. Pillman no, did. I, I guess I Pillman. Didn't. Yeah, Shane Douglas like confronts him, and Pillman's like, "I'm just trying to, like, he's saying, I'm just trying to enjoy the show here with my with my sister and and my nephew." He's like, "You're trying to attack me in front of my family." Like he's trying to like at first gain sympathy, and then when Shane goes. To- his nephew and his fucking cousin or whatever in front of him. Sister, what a yeah, sister. Well, good for Brian taking his nephew to the show. <laughs> He's hardcore. They should have put a fucking. They should have put a, like a little plastic thing around him. And the guy that had the stop sign. They had the plastic on it. Like use my like use my kid. <laughs> Have him wrapped in plastic Shane, paper or something. It's funny because Shane goes to hit him and Pillman pulls that little kid in front of him and Shane's like, get that, get that fucking baby out of here. Like and he's pissed and Joey's pissed and and Shane Douglas Shane was, Shane Shane was Douglas. smart and still said baby. If it would have been Tommy. <laughs> He would have been like, get that get teenager the kid, out of my face. The kid. The kid. Get the okay. kid out of here. Get the kid out of here. Don't even have a name yet. <laughs> yeah, I got I got my notes. 
But I thought that this was an effective thing with Pillman and, and Douglas. Uh, Pillman, you know, gets to look like a wacko piece of shit, which is obviously what he's supposed to look like. Douglas never really worked for me in the babyface role, and I don't even know if he is a babyface. I don't know if you want to even call him a babyface here, because are there really babyfaces in ECW? But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there. I mean, there, there technically is, but overall, the, you know, the bigger of a name you are, it doesn't matter what you are, right? You're still going to be over. You know, Mikey's a babyface. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, as far as heels go, I mean, bad crew are heels, but they got the wrong kind of heat. <laughs> they got the go away heat. That old stanky heat. Yeah. If we had a if we had to put Shane in some in ECW, I'd say he's like a tweener. Yeah, because he can work with he can work with anybody. And then and basically you know, if he's a baby face, he's pretty much a martyr for the company anyway. So there he's got the built-in, he's got the built-in baby face behind him because he's a martyr for the company. You yeah. Know? That's, that's the route you want to go in. But if he wants to be a heel, then we all know how easy it is for Shane to be a heel. Just call for maintenance and I'll eat for a spill. Watch the maintenance crew get all mad at him. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, it was it was easy to turn heel in the W in the ECW. All you had to do was mention Eric Bischoff or Vince McMahon as your hero. <laughs> that'll, that'll yeah, be. you're a heel now. Or Kane Dewey. <laughs> just out of nowhere, while he's cutting the promo on Pillman, just out of nowhere, is like, and Kane Dewey. Kane Dewey. Nothing to do with the promo. <laughs> just yell out Kane Dewey out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, you're a heel. Well, we get we get a uh, kind of a pull apart from with Douglas trying to get at Brian Pillman and security gets him out of there because Todd Gordon comes out with security and et cetera, et cetera. And before we get to the next thing of this segment, do either of you have anything else to say about Pillman and Douglas here? Well, that's exactly what the way you explain it is the way I wrote it down. Kind of a pull apart. <laughs> kind it of, wasn't yeah. really a pull apart. It was kind of. But yeah, I mean, it, it it was effective for what it was. But I don't know, honestly, I don't know what the what the payoff was going to be. You know? Yeah. Well, and Aaron and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, Pil- I, I think maybe they were planning on having a match at some point. But Pillman has yeah. shortly after yeah, this. The, Pillman has his accident. Yeah, the payoff was going to be Pillman and and Shane having their match, and then. Pillman fucking crashed that SUV and fucked everything up. Yeah, but who knows how long that could have been anyway? Even if he didn't. Like he, he's kind of he's kind of like he was kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing now with my ribs and my foot. If I would have stayed in bed for three months, I'd be healed by now. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I can't. And Pillman's the same way. He can't just lay in bed for whatever how long they told him to you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta work. You gotta make money. So yeah, it's gonna prolong it. But I, I, I agree, the eventual payoff was gonna be Pillman and Shane. But who knows how long it was gonna be till it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's that's also determined by. I mean, because Pillman signs with the WWF in June. So he would have been with ECW probably until at least then, because they'd have probably done the same thing with him they do with everybody else. They announced that he's going to WWF so people could shit on him for two weeks, <laughs> and then he leaves. Right. <laughs> Make sure he's a heel. Yeah. <laughs> You're always a heel going out in, in uh, ECW. Come out in a WWE t-shirt. You're like, I want to go somewhere I'm actually going to get paid. Boo, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Until you come back, and then we're going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring Blanchard with you. <laughs> or Arn. Some, somebody that we missed, Bobby Eaton. Bring one of them guys back with you. <laughs> well, then when Bonzi Bob- comes out, dude, like, yeah. oh, I don't know what the hell. All hell breaks loose. That's when all the notes just start fucking going all together. 
And then this guy comes out. And then this guy, you know what I mean? It was, that's how ECW worked, man. Fonzie comes out because Todd Gordon came out to uh, be part of the kind of pull apart. And then uh, Fonzie comes out to wax poetic about his beef with Todd Gordon, which of course Todd Gordon attacks him. Then Taz comes out, attacks Todd Gordon. And, um, excuse me, Fonzie with the chair <laughs> kind of swinging that son of a bitch recklessly. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, where's the chair going? Where's it going? Dude, Fonzie can hit me as hard as you want to that goddamn chair. It ain't going to crack anything. Like if Fonzie were, if they were calling the chair spot with me and he'd be like, all right, how you want me to do it? Just fucking hit me, Fonzie. You know what I mean? You got you it, ain't fucking, You ain't hack. You ain't Sandman doing it. So I'm fine. I'll live. Plus, how would you expect a meth head to swing a chair? Radically? Yeah, he'd fuck it up and end up using the side of the chair or something. <laughs> like, he used the, you know, the wrong side of the chair. Or hit you with the side where the screws are sticking out, you know. Yeah, maybe I maybe I would inspect that chair before I let Fonzie do it. <laughs> let me see what said what the said chair is you're going to use here, Fonzie. Well, this this whole thing brings out Bam Bam Bigelow at the end of the segment to uh, run in for the save on Todd Gordon. Um, Aaron, your thoughts on this whole this whole series of events here? It's just their weekly cat fight. <laughs> yeah, how long has Todd actually been in the company? Is, is this, this ain't his debut at the arena, right? No, he he made his debut uh, three weeks ago. All right, so these taping these this show could still be on the tail end, and I'm taping then, right? Yeah, well, they've actually been going back and forth, I've noticed, the past few weeks between a taping at the arena and this taping in Queens. So I don't know the exact, like, which one was first or second or whatever, but, yeah, this could be the tail end of the Queens taping for sure. All right, so that would have been Friday night. Um, Saturday would have either been the arena or it would have been, like, Jim Thorpe, and then unless they were running Sunday at the arena, but, yeah. It was probably a Friday, a Friday show and a Saturday show. I got you. Probably New York Friday and then Philly on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I never went to them fucking New York shows. Jesus, man. In the heart of Queens. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I'd still be there. <laughs> Still be looking for a way out. I'll be looking for my car probably still. <laughs> I would have a low jack. I would have every alarm system. I would have a new jack. I would have like every sort of you know app on my phone to like find your car. <laughs> like if I had to park my car in New York City and leave and walk to go somewhere, I'd never find that bitch. <laughs> get a rental so you never so it'll just never get returned, I guess. Pretty much, just call the rental company and say you want your car. It's in the fucking New York City somewhere. You'll find it, and I know you got a GPS on it. <laughs> yeah, I should have just called the car company. Hey, you find your fucking car, and let me know when you find it. That's something I've always said. Like I have so many people that I know that are like, I've either been to New York City or want to go. I have absolutely, positively no desire whatsoever to ever go there ever i see it and i just think to myself that looks like something i would absolutely hate every minute that i was there hate yep. it yep did it once or did it more than once but i did it enough times that, that i i don't have any desire to go back whatsoever yeah i'll never go there my entire life and i don't <laughs> give a shit i don't give a shit i've seen enough of it on tv it's fine i'm good i mean there's definitely oh. some places that when i watch like food shows and shit on tv and stuff that I'd be like, yeah, I'd like to go there, you know? But I'd, I'm not going all the way to fucking New York for a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> I don't want some sticky Elmo trying to hug me and get a fucking picture. 
The naked cowboy. Yeah, I don't need a naked cowboy or a sticky Elmo trying to like whatever. It's like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) The traffic. I don't like people that much. I just, yeah, it it, it does not even, like, I don't even know, to be honest with you, Chad, I don't even know if I'd want to go to like anywhere on the East Coast. I know you live in Baltimore, but I still know the whole thing just does not appeal to me whatsoever at all. No. You're right. You're a hundred percent right, man. And and, and 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 really in Baltimore, I can't speak for other cities, but Baltimore, it all depends on what time of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go during the week and do something, go during the week during business hours, nine to five. You got a much better shot at getting something done <laughs> than you do on a, on a weekend. Just forget about it, dude. On the weekend. If we were ever going to the city for something like if it was a party or we were meeting people, we would just automatically just Uber. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. You know, I know we're going to be looking for our car in a couple hours. So let's just Uber. That way we can just fucking stand outside where we're at and just Uber back. When people want to live in New York, it's like, oh, I'm going to move to New York. Like, Okay. So I want to move to New York City. It's like, okay, so you want to spend $9,000 in rent for a fucking apartment that's a like one bedroom, goddamn shoebox that's got fucking roaches in it. Okay, go ahead. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? You ain't, you ain't far off on that shit, Aaron. Like, literally, like, I mean... You know, a one bedroom, a, a one bedroom, like like you said, a roach fucking hotel could easily be fucking four grand, five grand. <laughs> but then again, if you're working at Dunkin' Donuts in New York, you're making twenty seven dollars an hour. <laughs> you know, you're, you're making thirty bucks an hour at McDonald's. You know what I mean? It's a whole different economic way of looking at it because, you know. You know, I, I had friends that moved up there and they were like, oh, yeah, I got this job. I'm making like whatever, whatever. And, and then I kind of like looked it up and I'm like, so you're you're barely making minimum wage, like right. in New York standards. And you, how many roommates you got? Because <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't doing it like, by yourself. Like a pack of cigarettes is like twenty seven dollars. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck is going on? I'm good. Same with Chicago, man. Same thing with Chicago. Yeah, my wife and I I'll travel. Stay, I'll, my I'll wife, stay. I'll stick with my travel. ten thousand. I'll stick with my ten thousand. Uh, I think we got what Nate? It's like ten or eleven thousand people live in this fucking town. Yeah. Well, my wife and I travel. I'll stick with con- it. We, we travel for concerts and stuff, and like mostly we go to concerts at like you know your mid-sized cities, like in Indianapolis or Louisville or Cincinnati or something like that. That's the extent to what I'm willing to do. Like I, Chicago, L.A., New York, none of that shit appeals to me whatsoever. Yeah, right on. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of been there, done that. I mean, I, I even saw Kiss in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That That's, you know what I mean? And I saw Jimmy Buffett on a Today Show. So uh, that's enough That's enough for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm cool with all that. The the next match in our ECW show here is it's the Headhunters against the Dudleys. Um, it's Bubba and Dances with Dudley against the Headhunters. It's it's a short match, but it was fine for what it was. It was good. Uh, I got it as um, the Dudley Boys versus the Headhunters, mm-hmm. and I think their names are. What are their names? Most deaf and asshat. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. So. <laughs> and then I thought, I, I thought the one uh, guy's name was Mo Fat. The other guy's name was Mo Fatter. I thought it was Most Deaf and Asshat. It and, could be. I know. I know then, it was something similar to that. And then their and then their manager. I was going to ask you guys your opinions on um, Leather Lou Albano. Damian Kane, yeah, aka I leather back, aka leather Lou Albano. That's what I'm gonna start calling Damian Kane. 
He's leather. I wonder Lou why Alabama. they brought him back. I wonder if, it, if there became another license issue again. Because I mean, clearly he's not worth the fucking shit. <laughs> so what you're saying, Aaron, is last week Brian Pillman was actually sitting on Damian King. <laughs> yeah, he was. Damian Kane. Damian Kane refused to call it the WWF. He called it the World Wide Wrestling Federation. You know, <laughs> Al- Albano used to do that, and you know it got on Vince's nerves. Oh yeah, I I totally believe that. But I couldn't. I just couldn't believe they brought back the Headhunters. I you know I totally forgot about that. When I saw that, I was thinking like, man. Oh, I was gone by then. That's and that's why I don't remember it. But mm-hmm. I, I don't remember even. I mean, they, they didn't stay long, right? They couldn't have stayed much longer. It had to have been a one and done. I'm sure, right? Um. Are, yeah. Are you well, still waiting they, for the holdout? They, we'll see. I think at least they either do stick around or. They thought they were going to stick around a little longer because later on in the show, um, the gangsters cut a promo about um, asshat and most deaf. Most deaf. All right, so maybe they stick around, but it ain't it ain't too much longer. I mean, they, they're not in it for the long haul, clearly. So I wonder that. I'm I'm just trying to figure out <clears throat> what the relationship was like. What Paul was fishing for there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That he had to use Victor. Well, I know that they were, and, 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 and every time Brian Pillman got close to Leather Lou Albano, Pillman was like spurting him with a water bottle. <laughs> Leather Lou Albano was like, "What are you doing?" He says, "I gotta sit on you later. <laughs> I don't want my yam bag to stick." Leather Lou Albano. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely didn't oh, stick around. I mean, yeah, I, I, I love the Headhunters, man. Like, I must sit on you. I must sit on you. I was always a big fan of the Headhunters. <laughs> Me too. I like the Headhunters. I, I like the Headhunters. I, I, like I like Headhunters. I'm just not a fan of Damian Kane. No. And his and his and his broad that he brought around with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alejandro. He reminds me of that guy that was in all, all the movies in like the eighties, like the fight movies that had like the cross eye. Like I the don't Revenge even... of the Nerds guy. <laughs> yes, I guess that, that that's who I'm thinking of. But ogre? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's the Revenge of the Nerds guy. No, then that's not who I'm thinking of. I'll I'll have to think of a movie he's in or send you a picture later because I don't fucking remember. But anyway. Um, way off. I, I remember. Head. I remember when when I met the headhunters <laughs> the first Dane, time they came. Dane was with the Revenge of the Nerds. The headhunters. <laughs> they, they they're they're part they of the Omega them. Moves. <laughs> but when when I met them back in '93, like because I I wasn't really I wasn't really working like yet. I was working, but I really hadn't really started for ECW yet. So they looked at me as a mark in the hotel room and they tried to cave baby by pretending like they didn't speak English. <laughs> and, and the guy that I was with spoke fucking fluid Spanish. So he understood everything they were saying. And yeah, they were calling us marks. <laughs> they, but like back to what we were saying a minute ago, I, I was also a fan of them, of the headhunters too. They had a unique look. Um, they moved really well for how wide they were. You know, they just, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really, I really liked them. I wish they would have got a bigger shot. Um, Cause they brought them into the WWF a couple of times, but it didn't work. They were only there for like, they were in the Royal Rumble 96. They were on a couple episodes of raw and that was it. No and, shit. Yeah. ECW, like you said, they're not around. They're not very long for the ECW world either, but I always thought they were cool. I had, like I said, cool look, cool gimmick. They can do moonsaults. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a plus, right? You're a big, fat, black eye. You can do a moonsault. You're in. 
But the um, sorry, the uh, the match ends with Bubba um, beating the Headhunters. The fight continues after the pin, though, and then we get a Fonzie and Taz promo, which I thought it was great that Fonzie brought up Betty Ford, the Betty Ford Clinic again. Yeah. And the, the reason he's really mad, the reason he's really mad at Bam Bam is because he lost money on the Bam Bam LT match at WrestleMania. He also called um, Bam Bam Easter egg head. <laughs> I figured that'd be something you would call him. Which I thought was, I saw it was funny. He's like, Bam Bam came in here with the Easter egg head. I thought that was I was never a Bam Bam fan either. I'm not even quite sure who I was a fan of, honestly. (laughs) Every time we talk about these old legends and stuff, I'm like, I didn't really like him. Yeah. But um, that match was a mess. The match was a mess. And then Fonzie coming out, um, you know, coming out with Taz, and all of a sudden now – you know, business is about to pick up. Yes, because now Damian Kane in the ring, now that the Dudleys are gone, calls out they they want to face another team. Mustafa comes out and they act like New Jack isn't there, but New Jack shows up, and then the gangsters and the headhunters beat the fuck out of each other for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, imagine how terrible that match would have been. God, the gangsters and the headhunters. Oh, it would have been the same match. It would have been way slower. They're booking towards it. They worked each other. I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens, but they're booking towards it because later on the, like later on the show, the gangsters are going to cut a promo on the headhunters. <laughs> oh, that would have been a fucking. That would have been a disaster. Trying to drag them two fat fucks around that arena. Good yeah, they Lord. are. They already had to do drag two fat fucks around the arena when they faced the public enemy. That was bad enough. Yeah, but these are fatter fucks. <laughs> Way fatter fucks. At least Ted Petty could work. Johnny Grunge could just walk. It's the it's New Jack and Mustafa versus the. Double Nevels. The Double Nevels. See, two big air Nevels. Good Lord. Um, Then, like Aaron said, the gangsters cut a promo. They show a gangster promo talking about the headhunters. And they say New Jack made bail, which means New Jack, you know, shook off whatever injury he had. Because like I joked about last time on the show, every time one of these guys gets an injury, instead of saying they have an injury, they just say they went to jail, which is great for their gimmick. And I think it's hilarious. And it's not too far-fetched from New Jack anyway. Yeah, not not too far-fetched. And then the next match is it is not the only time these two guys have ever wrestled each other. But it is the only time these guys have ever wrestled each other, and it's been on television. It is Cactus Jack versus Chris Jericho. When did they have another match? They had other. They had three matches. They had three matches in the WWE on house shows. And the only reason I know that is because in Mick Foley's um, Hall of Fame acceptance speech, he talks about how Chris Jericho is the only guy that he's never beat. Chris Jericho's beat him, and he's 4-0 and against Mick Foley. And this is one of them, and they had three house show matches that Jericho won also, but they never wrestled on TV other than this match. Huh. Interesting. Because, I mean, I, I, I didn't know Cactus was one of them guys like Jericho was that writes down everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, he is. And, I mean, you could tell by reading that first book. Like, God damn, this is... This is fascinating. <laughs> it's like fact after fact. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I mean, some of the best stuff in that book is the shit when he talks about like going on that tour of Africa and uh, just like the offbeat shit. It's just, it's fucking great. Yeah. His book and Brett's book are my favorite 
wrestling books. Because there's just so much fucking detail to them. Brett wrote everything down too, and it's a, it's good shit. Yeah. My favorite wrestling book is is Blassie's book, just because yeah. for how long he was around, and all the different stories of the entire. You know what I'm saying? Like this went from like the 50s up until like the 2000s. But oh yeah, a lot of stuff you didn't know. Yeah, a like, lot of there's stuff stories you didn't about. Like Blassie's book is like, oh, I'm gonna tell you about uh, Sailor Art Thomas, and then later on, working with the Dudley Boys. But <laughs> Brett and mixed books, it's like there's so much goddamn detail to them. It's fucking great. I like it when in mixed book he talks about going over to that tour of Africa, and he fights like that guy that's like the biggest star in Nigeria or whatever. And over there, I guess it's custom. Like guys do hold hands there when they like respect each other, and mix like this. I guess this big, you know, this big black Nigerian wrestler wants to hold his hand, and they're walking. He's like, I didn't know if he respected me or wanted to nail me. <laughs> Was it almost? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, fuck all that shit. I don't give a fuck which one it was. Whether you like me or, or you're respecting me or you wanted that, it's gonna be you ain't hold my hand. <laughs> you know, I got one hand's on my cell phone, the other one's holding the beer, so I ain't got no room for your hand. I like uh, when Blassie talks about Luthez and he's like, everybody looks back on Luthez and talks about how much how great wrestling was back in Luthez's days. But nobody remembers all the boring shit you had to sit through to get to Luthes. <laughs> this shit was boring. Yeah. Like it, it, it amazes me when I look at like when I see clips of like old magazines from like the late 60s. You know, when I see these people that are like they're bleeding and like all this shit. And then when I come across some like footage of matches from them, I never see any of this. Like, where is this stuff taking place at? You know what I mean? Like, all I see is this old fucking flying head scissors all over the place. Kind of stuff. I don't see any of this, you know, bloodbath stuff. It wasn't until probably 76 that I started seeing that shit. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, wasn't this a match where, didn't Cactus give Jericho a fantastic pile driver? Yes. Yes, I actually have it. I actually have that as... I didn't take a lot of notes on the match because I just wrote down that it's a good, yeah, it's a really good back and forth. But yeah, I wrote down Jack gives Jericho a hell of a pile driver because Jack actually cared. Jericho kicks out of two pile drivers from Cactus Jack in this match, but the one was fantastic. Yeah, Mick gives Jericho a lot in this fucking match. Like he made, like, I don't want to say it like I don't I don't think this might be out of left field, but like people talk about wrestlers that like make guys, you know, like Flair and this guy or that guy. There's and it's not the same level of it or whatever, but I don't think Mick gets a lot of or enough credit for seeing a guy. And being like, all right, I'm gonna make that guy look like a fucking million bucks. Yeah, and also, you know also I mean? you gotta take in consideration like where we're at, like with both of their guys' careers. We basically have two guys that aren't sticking around for the long haul. It's who's sticking around longer, you mm-hmm. know. So Jack probably took that in consideration by 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 saying, you know, I'll probably be here a little bit longer. You know, so I might as well, you know, give the guy something, you know, or whatever. But, you know, I'm going to, I should be going, you know what I mean? It depends on the situation. Yeah. And it turns out he wasn't because, well, this match aired on TV but, on March 12th. But, oh, but, but Nate, I'm just saying, Nate, you know what I'm saying? Like, like when Paul would talk about Terry Funk, he'd like, he said Terry Funk was in the locker room and he's like, oh, I can get that guy over. I can make that guy. I can make that guy. Mick did that in his career, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it. He doesn't. And, 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 I, and he, I'm not saying like Chris Jericho's on the same 
like him looking at Chris Jericho and being like, I'm gonna put that guy over is the same level as like a Triple H, but like Triple H wouldn't have the career that he had without Mick Foley. You know? And 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 Mick looked at like a a, a Mikey Whipwreck and was like, Oh, I can do shit with this guy, and I can do shit with that guy, and I, I can get that guy. He did that with Jericho. Like he's and Chris he Jericho also, and was like, yeah, I can get this guy over. He also passed just like Terry. He took that practice from Terry, like you said, of looking around the locker room and going, that that kid, I'm going to get that kid over. And he passed it on to somebody, too. And the person he passed it on to, and you guys tell me if you think I'm wrong, is Randy Orton. Because in his 20 years in the WWE, Randy Orton has put over and made a lot of big fucking stars when they were coming up. Yeah, but it also, it also it took Randy Orton a while figure that shit out yeah and i think it was working with mick that did it <laughs> you know it was well mick it was, did it for randy he looked at randy and was like that's what that's what i that's, that's what i was saying he yeah he passed that along that terry passed on to him and, yeah there was yeah. a there was a long time there where, where randy orton was just a selfish dick mm-hmm. you know he probably could have been doing all this stuff from day one but yeah it wasn't until he until he probably had a conversation with mick or or one of the older guys we're like dude you got to help these guys like you're you're now the 20 year vet yep time to start passing it on time to start you know thinking about thinking about the future but like i said this match is really good jericho wins out of nowhere pretty much on cactus jack with the german suplex so jack puts jericho over and like I said, their only televised match they ever had against each other, and I really enjoyed it. It was solid, man. It was a really good match. That's definitely going to help the grading on the score at the end of the show. Yeah, the only thing we missed was the fact that um, Mick did the Fargo strut with uh, Meanie and Stevie at the beginning, but other than that, yeah, I think I, the match was really, really fucking good. And like you guys said, I don't have a lot of notes on it. And Christ, anybody just, listening to the, us talk about it now don't probably need a lot of notes on it either because they probably know how good it, it sounds on paper. Yeah. <laughs> Why write down a bunch of shit? Because we know it's going to be good. And last and certainly not least on this show, we have Taz versus Mikey Whipwreck. And, of course, Mikey shows fire during the match because he's the underdog. That ball shot spot was fun. Right. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Taz and Mikey, they, I, I thought they had pretty good chemistry. But it, but it, on paper, it sounds like it's supposed to be a big guy versus little guy, but it's little guy versus a smaller guy. Little little guy versus little guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was that was okay too. Taz and Mikey, man, it was fine. Sky Lolo versus Tiger Jackson. L Lord Littlebrook. <laughs> Dink. <laughs> The human suplex machine, Dake. <laughs> yeah, man, this this was this was a pretty fucking solid show, man. Overall, yeah, because like Taz Taz wins this match with a Taz mission. He won't let go. So that sets the ang uh, sets up the angle for Bam Bam Bigelow to come out at the end, and Taz gets the Taz mission on Bam Bam for the finish of the show. And I actually I actually gave this show a B plus. I couldn't find a lot wrong with it. No. I mean, you guys, you guys know how hard I am on grading shows. And I, I was gonna I was gonna ask I was gonna ask you guys, have I ever given a show a B plus before? No. Well then this would be it then. Yeah, I mean I thoroughly enjoyed this show because a lot of times I'll put this shit on and I'll be in the kitchen doing shit and I'll walk around, you know. And I'll just leave it on in the background. I can hear it. And I just make mental notes or, uh, you know, if I'm watching it. But no, I watched this show. 
And I was like, dude, that's a good show, man. Aaron? I'd, I'd agree. I, I It's a B minus for me, but that's just because there's a, a few things I didn't like about it, but it, it wasn't anything to be like, oh, this is a terrible show to watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, fine show, man. So we all Aaron, agree on B minus. I got I got B plus. I think you guys got B minus. Aaron Chad said B plus. So. B range, so that's that's solid. Aaron Doctor, so we got a leatherly well man. Yeah, <laughs> but if we got to vote it on a curve, you guys both gave it a B plus, and I said B minus. So two against it's one, a, it's a B plus. It's a solid B at least. Yeah, that's a good sign. You know, I mean, it, they have they have a good solid crew right now. You know, looks like everything's starting to work for them. Yeah, because looking at the if just looking at the future, and we, I mean, we obviously won't jump too far into the future. Is uh, I mean, we are Mick is about to leave. Mick's about to go to the WWF, but. Other than that, most of the people that are here, like you said, they're a, it's a solid crew, and they're all going to be around for quite some time. So, and Mick getting ready to leave means we're going to get to see about the fucking amusement park and doing. Uh, hopefully, we get to see those amusement park promos and shit. Hopefully. Oh, I don't see why we wouldn't. If we don't have them on the Peacock, we'll watch them on YouTube just to entertain ourselves. All right. I mean, I, that I, means, I saw a thing. I saw a thing on the news today, or on a wrestling website, or whatever I was listening to. I had a WWE is just stripping network stuff, like just completely like stripping it down. And the case in point, the one they were talking about today is when Vince said the N word to John Cena. Like they just erased, they erased all, they're erasing everything. And it's like, dude, you know, this, this is like not really part of my childhood, but this, you know, this is what I remember. You're taking yeah. out all this stuff. Like, you know, you and, and you don't, you don't have stuff. to, you don't have to take out the whole segment. Like before they had the segment in there, they just bleeped it out when Vince said the word. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to take the whole segment out. Just bleep it out. Well, if you watch WrestleMania six, Piper and Br and Ben is Brown isn't even on it. Yeah, yeah, so that never that happened. was one of the that was one of the examples because the Piper and half black body. Mm -hmm. But then they completely cut out a whole black guy's match. It's like, <laughs> well, you had you had one and a half black guys in that match. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just cut them all. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fucked up, man. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that are never going to know about this if they keep doing that shit. I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not politically correct, and it's not right, and this and that, but that's the way shit was. You know, they still show fucking, you know, like old clan footage and shit from the 60s, or, you know what I mean? And, and shit, like they, they still show shit on TV and all, but that's the way shit was then. It ain't gotta be that way now, but don't erase it, you know. Yes, don't erase don't, it. I don't I take it away. Leave that's it. That's why. And that's why. It. Leave it. Leave it, and let people explain or discuss why it wasn't right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that, uh, to, but to be honest, the 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 network thing is why. No matter, even though the network came along. Why I've never gotten rid of any of my VHS tapes. I've never gotten rid of any of my DVDs. Yeah, all my shit's in the closet. Yeah, because they can take away, they can take it away anytime, and I will not be without it. So <laughs> every DVD or VHS I ever had, I still have it. I'm never gonna get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm the exact same way. Because sometimes I just pop for the commercials. As a so matter of fact, take, I was watching. I sit, I was watching, I sit uh, here and I'm like, "You can take away my freedom, but you will never take away my half black piper." My racism. <laughs> yeah, I was. There's, there's a local, there's a local radio guy in Baltimore, a guy that I actually wrestled, 
and he's been he's been a Baltimore radio host for God thirty years. And his brother, his brother, I think his name is um, Mark McEwen. And he ended up going on to be like a weather guy for like NBC or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching like I'm watching like World Class from like 1986, and they're talking. They're put. They're, they ran a commercial for some radio station, and they were like, "Yeah." And then um, and Mark McEwen, and there was a a black guy on there. I was, I was like, "Dude, I want to text fucking Kurt and ask him, was your brother a DJ in like '86 in Dallas?" <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the way the radio business works. Well, that's going to be the end of our show this week because your host has to go to the bathroom. But Aaron, Chad, any parting words for our listeners before we jet? Nope. It, it looks like we're on a, we're we're on, we're on a good little run here. I agree. Let's keep it going. And happy New Year's, fellas. Happy New Year, and we will see everybody next week as we will have our first show of 2024 here on Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, everybody.